0: G'day, beloved listeners of the Keeper League podcast. Welcome to another preseason show. This week, we've got the amazing Damon Adams joining me on the show to talk about some midfielders for your draft and Keeper League teams. Just chiming in at the top of the show here with a bit of a call to action, I think they call it, for our listeners out there. Essentially, I'm at a bit of a turning point with the Keeper League podcast, and 2024 is a bit of a fork in the road kind of where I decide to go with it. So what's happened um, essentially over the last two, uh two years, things have probably snowballed to a point where I haven't been able to sustain everything I do on the podcast, and that is the, uh, the podcast itself, the planning and preparation for that, all the stats um, and databases and all the updates weekly on that, as well as the articles, as well as all the other video content and things like that that I do. All of that while sustaining my full-time job and also having some time to spend with my family and things like that. A lot of uh, behind-the-scenes, after-hours, extra work goes into this podcast. So yeah, for the last two years, I've been able to take a day off work to actually get everything that I need to get done. Even then, like it's still not 100% doable in the one day. Uh, a lot of stuff happens uh, after work each night and stuff like that. But after this year, uh, essentially, I will have to make a choice whether to give up my permanency at my job um, or they're going to make me go back full-time after this year in order to keep it. And if that happens... Essentially, I can't maintain everything that I'm currently doing for the Keeper League podcast as well as working my full-time job. So I guess what I'm asking is... If you find this podcast valuable, that is, you value the podcast, you enjoy listening to it each week, Uh, you think it's either entertaining, a good listen, or you get some good information out of it, Um, or if you enjoy the articles that are on the websites, or you like the social media video clips that come out, or any of the stats and things like that that go up on the website and the socials. If you find value in any of that sort of stuff, please, please, please consider signing up as a member. If I don't get enough signups this year, the podcast will probably cease to exist in 2025 onwards. So, I'm basically trying to find out its value, if people actually value it out there. And if people don't, that's fine. Um, I learn a lot about that and I learn what I need to prioritize in my life and things like that. But if you do value it, please consider signing up. Please consider supporting the podcast and keep it going into the future. Now, I'm not crying poor or anything like that. I know I'm in a very fortunate position where I have a job to go to and I'm lucky to have that and all that sort of stuff. But I really enjoy doing this um, and I really enjoy interacting with the listeners and the audience each week and stuff like that. And yeah, I'd I'd hate to have to give it up because, you know, going to work every day is a bit of a drag. Doing this is like the the fun thing to to come home to and do it. But unfortunately, it's just getting a little bit unsustainable with everything that's going on in my life in terms of work, uh, family children, all that sort of stuff. And I fully understand that it is a tough economic time and not everyone is able to sign up and support. And that's fully understandable. But if you are in a position where you can help out, support the show and keep it going into the future, then yeah, any support would be greatly appreciated to actually keep this uh, thing going so we can keep uh, winning our draft and keeper leagues into the future. So yeah sorry about that big long spiel and thank you to the people who have already signed up you are literally the people that keep this podcast going so thank you very much for uh doing that and your support over the years please know that there's not a second where i don't value you know your support and everything you've done for this podcast because yeah without you guys it would have been gone a long time ago anyway uh enough putting myself out there and uh asking for help let's get into this week's show enjoy G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League Podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I am joined by, well it's Damon everyone. It's Damon Adams from uh, last year. He came on the podcast a bit, but I think he's changed his uh, username to... Um, uh, Was it Shiva Kamish or something like that? Was to go there? I think it's important that
1: everyone who comes on this podcast has a, a point of difference, something, <laughs> yep. it's something to back themselves in. You know, whether you know they've got their own podcast or whatever. Um, I've taken ownership of. Now I, I believe it's this country's
0: biggest draft competition, DT Shiva. I agree. Like I've heard, I I've never played in the DT Shiva, but it's notorious like yeah. when like before I started doing this in the Keeper League like I knew the Shiva existed I actually thought it was like some sort of underground secret society that you'd have to like pass <laughs> initiations yeah, a exactly, like, to get into that's what it kind of <laughs> seems like um, but there have been quite a few of my listeners that are DT Shiva members yep um, we've, we're back in the day when we used to have like listeners call in and stuff like that a lot of them were Shiva members as well but for those who've never heard of it before What is the Shiva? Well, I know this
1: is the Keeper League podcast. We are talking exclusively redraft leagues here, but uh, the Shiva is entering its 12th year. It is a promotion relegation competition uh, where people are sorted into single divisions of 12 members. Um, And from there, they're ranked. And year by year, depending on your result, you will be promoted or relegated. Each league has its own cash prizes, so there is a lot to play for in your individual years. Yep. There are also league-wide prizes, but the true goal, the true trophy is to win Division One. Yep. And it's only been done by a, a very select number of people, but I like to think of it as the biggest draft test that this country has can offer. If you are uh, like an AFL fantasy savant,
0: if you you love your draft football, this is the place to truly test your skills. Now, I maybe get my wires crossed here, but and this is kind of off topic, but is there a song contest or something that happens in the Shiva? So, for a long time, uh, we've run a, a podcast
1: for the community, yeah, um, and uh, okay. called the Shiva Blast. Yeah, um, within that, uh, we decided many years ago through the buys because we don't play them that we wanted to boost our content. So, we started off at a song contest, okay, um, which anyone's uh, you know able to throw their hat in the ring. We put some prizes to it, but we also use it as a little bit of a fundraiser. Um, and yeah we raised thousands of dollars over the years <laughs> That's um, people have made um, like uh, songs for their own team songs about players you think about what Dos has done for for Paddy Dow yep.
0: and uh, Fiorini. his career, yep. keep their the career alive. Well, yeah, right. But <laughs> you know, we, we've
1: kind of done that within our little community as well, and uh, hopefully that'll be back around the bias this year as well. Listen, if you want to get involved, um, we have a, a DT Shiva Facebook group which you can search for. That's probably the main community hub. Uh, DT Shiva underscore on X or Twitter. Uh, we're going to be opening up registration Saturday, Feb 2nd. They'll be open for a month. Yep. Uh, Saturday, Feb 3, actually. And then the draft this year is on Saturday, March 10. Okay, so you have to make yourself available for that date. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, Sunday, March 10. I've got to get my dates right. Okay. Um We've got 348 current players, so there's 29 divisions. Oh, jeepers. Um, So returning players will go into their spot, but uh, it's first come, first serve in turn of new registry. We, we, We love people coming in. We love the community growing. So did you say 29 divisions?
0: 29 divisions so it's going to take you 29 years to get to divide. no because no
1: we run a system where if you if you win your division you go in what's called a champions league ah I love that if you win those you get boosted right up that's to, cool okay so, so let's say uh, yeah you, you're you in champions league 4 you win that you go to division 4 the following year love it yeah plus this year we're uh, putting in a knockout competition where everyone's involved yeah. you win that you straight into division 1 the next year okay cool that makes
0: more sense to me so yeah so I've always wondered that about this year we, we don't
1: want it we w- don't want it to take 29 years to get yeah, up to the exactly. top. We want the
0: best coaches to get to the top as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. and that's the best way to do so it. So that's, that's uh, it's more incentive for people to join out there and test yourselves with some of the best draft coaches out there in the country, essentially.
1: Pretty much. We, we've got flavours from every fantasy group around this country. Yeah. Um, and yeah, get involved. We'd love to have you along. Is there, uh, is there room for uh, for Heffy now? Or? Heffy, Heffy. <laughs> we'd, lo- we'd, we'd love to have you along, mate. Well, uh, we might,
0: have to, might have to get I done. I haven't done a single season draft in a long time, but I did it, love it when I used to do it. It's so. the only redraft league I do. Everything else is Keeper League, but I've got a special place in my heart for some Shiva. I might have to get involved.
1: Uh, What division are you in, by the way? Uh, Two, Division
0: Two. Two. Uh,
1: Warnie's, I think, still in Division Two as well. He's, He's- been in Division One a lot we both have but uh, never been able to take out the crown I got runner up one year and
0: uh, unfortunately got diddled is there a coach out there that's won it multiple times who's the guru
1: who is it uh, give me a shout out I think there's two coaches that have done coach John Ford maybe not well known in the fantasy community but he he went back to back so
0: a massive effort from him that's amazing. Well, yeah, it sounds like an awesome uh, organisation, really, like a, a competition that you that you run. Um, and if any listeners out there want to get involved, I, I'm going to throw my name in the ring, I think, yes, for this yeah. time this year. So, um, I'm excited. I've heard of the DT Shiva for so long and now I'm actually uh, going to be a part of it, hopefully, anyway. Hopefully I get accepted. Hey, mate, uh, <laughs> all you got
1: to do is register and we will happily have you along. So, DT Shiva on Facebook or DT
0: Shiva underscore on Twitter. Follow us along. All right. Perfect. All right. Um, well, let's get stuck into the actual show, I reckon. Um, so, Welcome, Dame, to the show. I think we did that start, but that's all right. Can, can I, uh, I? actually, I, I wanted to
1: mention one other thing. Yeah, sure. I feel like you've been peering into my soul all preseason because oh, you, so you, 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 you get on TikTok <laughs> and you do yeah. the the like you look straight down the camera, but then I get like. The side view, it's like every view, but you're looking at me from every angle. Yeah, I, I want direct eye contact because it's the only way I want my heft now. Nah, no problems.
0: Yeah, I know straight to uh, my soul, mate. I've given you a taste and you. <laughs> <laughs> the real reason why I do so many camera changes stuff because I'm no good at saying one thing in one take, and it's less right. it's less janky when you uh, swap between cameras to actually like realise that you know I'm saying something in a completely different time as I was before. What but, I like is that <laughs> people sometimes have their favourite angle. You've got multiple angles that you yeah, can work with. What's your already? favourite? The uh, oh. the high one or the the the, the the uh, faraway one or the front-on camera I'm angle? just getting lost in your eyes, mate. I don't, I don't care about the rest of your face. I think it's the Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Um, before we dive into it, we have uh, a few resources up and about on the website at the moment. Uh, we've got the ultimate... AFL Fantasy Ranking Spreadsheet. I've just finished the Supercoach version. Okay. I'll get that out in the next day or so. I've just got to do the webpage and all that to host it on and all that sort of stuff. But um, once I've done that, that will be out for all the Supercoach players out there. Probably the only Supercoach resource I do. i um, a bit ashamed of that. I should get some more Supercoach experts in or I should actually play Supercoach and get better at it so <laughs> I can help people. But um, there's only a finite amount of time. Oh, mate, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's out. The drafting analysis guy was out ages ago, but it's probably getting to that time where we're choosing our rookies for our classic team. Teams and things like that and also finding out which ones to draft in our upcoming drafts for the long term so have a look at that to work that out Um, as a result we won't be talking about rookies today because we've already done heaps of work on them around draft time the mock draft simulator is also out just a bit of a PSA for that one we ran an update to try to stop it taking so long to load which worked but at the same time it's kind of killed it for a few people yeah so all you have to do to get it working again is just clear your browsing data your cache um, that sort of stuff we'll look at a fix from our end tonight i think we should be able to fix it up but if you want to use it in the meantime um, then yeah just do that and it crazy should work good resource again. mate well done yeah thanks it's uh well yeah it's more ads than myself but he is uh, a guru at uh, writing the code and all that sort of stuff who's we'll gone on number one on boards this year nick dacos like it's like not even like you know it's like Average like 1.01 or whatever. Like, yeah. So it's not even that. It's just one. Just a runaway, <laughs> <Yeah>. runaway <laughs> yeah. first choice. Yeah, Young, yeah. defender. Yeah. yeah. Can't yeah. get away from so it. So straight up there. Then it's- um Errol Golden, yeah, and then Tom Green. I wasn't sure which would go first out of those two, but yeah, yeah. Earl I Golden. mean, you always get the stink when you lose to the position, but yeah, Golden was so good last year. Correct. So they're they're the main two. Green's next. Now I think Tim English is going after that, and then yeah. I think it's either Sarong or Brayshaw keep swapping around. Yeah, keeping them young. No, that's yeah, good around there. Anyways. Um, on this episode, we're going to be talking about undervalued players, breakout contenders, players that are over 30 that you might get a bit cheaper, although they're not a lot there in the midfield, and um some stash options for the future. And uh, yeah, we'll take it away. But I guess before we start, we've got one very, very undervalued <laughs> player that you have added to the show doc here, Damon. What's the go here? You've been sprigging the Discord through the off-season. and <laughs> yes, we should do that, by the way. Join up to the Discord. Uh, link in the description. And I, I finally joined this week,
1: which is great. Uh, there were some questions about Shiva on there, so I got in and, and was doing some interaction. I, I, I turned on my computer maybe like two, three days ago, and the Discord had been overrun. With pornography (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm not sure you You know Fantasy football And pornography Great bedfellows But This one user Had obviously Just dipped his Little toe Down the rabbit hole And it had turned His account Into just a spam machine what I loved seeing particularly is the responses to it, but also like you could see that one or two other members, just a little bit hungry for that kind of action, also got
0: themselves into the mix. Don't click on those links because it'll just happen again, and yeah. then you'll be shamed. You can uh, you can see who's uh, tempted by the free <laughs> the free OnlyFans out there. But as I said, it's tough economic times. Right, we can't oh, all pay. Oh. We can't pay for our OnlyFans at the moment, so I can see why those <laughs> those links are uh, tempting. But uh, yeah, perhaps don't click on them. You do flood our Discord with spam. I have kind of set up a few better spam filters and a uh, uh-huh. few things that kind of will block it in the future. <laughs> but um, iBlue, very undervalued player this week. <laughs> I am new to Discord, so yeah, bear with me. Anyways, let's get stuck into some real undervalued okay. players, not just iBlue out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ollie Wines is the first player I want to talk about. So he averaged 77 last season. That's his lowest average since his debut year. Yeah. 2013, first year under Ken Hinckley. Kind of got pushed anyway, out of the wing a little bit. He did. Started on the outside a lot more. Now, Louie and I, and uh, Jordy, who's also a listener of the uh, pod, and I think he finished like 11th in Supercoach last year, um, we went down to Port Training uh, last Friday mm-hmm. and uh, had a look. I took my son, tried to get Rosie's autograph, but the midf- none of the midfielders came out for a signing session, which Dang. is a bit sad, but they got everyone else, so it's fine. Um he was firmly in the midfield. I know it's a scratch match. You're playing against yourself. You need six midfielders in there. But he was firmly in the midfield in that game. Although I hear he was rotating forward in this week's version of the scratch match that they did Interesting, because well. he's not a great kick for goal. He's not. Um, but he's a bigger body. So maybe you can, I don't know, try to outbody a few. He was rotating with Horn Francis, essentially. But my question is, essentially, can he, can he get back into the midfield And be an 80 plus type scorer again. We've got Rosie, Butters, Horn Francis look like the clear top three for the future. Can he worm his way back in there and become a scorer again? I'm a Port Adelaide fan and I do not like owning Port Adelaide players. Yeah, they're no good for, they're really frustrating for
1: fantasy. Yeah, 100%. Like 77 average, yes, he's better than that. And, you know, by all looks, you know, it looks like his body's in good nick, he's cut down. I don't
0: think he's going to get over 90. Nah, I don't think 90. Nah, definitely. I, I think, though, like a handy 80 to 85 average could be there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Fieldable midfielder. Yeah. No worries at all. Would I be targeting him in a trade? No. Would I be looking to pick him up in the like first half of a draft? Like yeah. maybe in those latter rounds,
0: but yeah, know, not, not early at all. I think he's potentially got 10 points upside on that 77, somewhere yeah, around it's, there. It's minimal, right? Yeah, it's not huge. So, I don't know. He's a good midfield filler, yeah. I think. Like- Once you've got your top four, if you're playing seven mids, he comes into that conversation for five, six, seven, in that kind of range. If you can get him in that spot, that's the appropriate time to target him. But I wouldn't be going any higher because it's just, there's no way... Rosie butters horn francis go backwards and There's also
1: with with someone like a wines you know you're looking for that potential upside could he get
0: dpp no isn't just not gonna get it so i can't do enough up forward or anything yeah, like that exactly no else he can do it. so i just don't see the improvement there yeah it's gonna be pretty interesting we looked at some of the wings um playing on the wings at port adelaide at the moment as well to kind of see who was there because Ollie the Wines wasn't really doing it as much they're using um interesting they're using jace burgoyne a lot on the wings okay and this week apparently they used tom cleary so. i've got I, I put it later in the show document for
1: the over 30s because he turns 30 in oh, okay. March. Yep. Technically got not a like, midfielder in fantasy though. Almost <laughs> fell over seeing that on Twitter come through that it was playing Name on the just,
0: We've got nowhere for you so he, let's try this. He, <laughs> he
1: has he's got a top average in his career. I actually looked this up of 58 from 21 games back in 2019. He could match that this year. No, do not touch
0: <laughs> with a 10 foot pole. Absolutely not on Tom Cleary. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll move on from Ollie Wines and the other rabble of port fantasy scorers but uh, let's talk about Jai Simkin mm-hmm. so he averaged almost 6 CBAs less per game in 2022 uh, for an actual average of 75.7. Devastating season definitely was um, he's traded out a lot of teams that, that I saw um, cheaply too but there's talk of Harry Sheezel moving to the midfield so my question is what can this mean for Jai Simkin now personally I don't see him getting too much better in terms of fantasy average yep. but I'm thinking maybe there might be a DPP, uh, forward DPP on the cards for Jai Simkin. Hear me out on this one, all right? Yep. Got very good word. um, May have come from the inside the four walls of North Melbourne. Okay. um, That the half ball, this was until last week. So, Zach Zach Fisher and McKerchie were going to be halfback flankers at North Melbourne. Juicy. Fisher is now done his hamstring. He's twice injured this preseason, so we don't know how that's going to go now. And Sheezel was going to move into the midfield. So that's the word I have heard. And if that happens, he needs to rotate somewhere essentially. And it feels natural for Sheezel to rotate forward, given that he was a junior forward. Yeah. Can't rotate in a halfback line. There's too much running involved. type thing. Forward seems to make more sense. So then my thought was maybe Simpkin could be part of that forward rotation with Sheezel going forward, which could lead to DPP if he can start 35% of the thing there. So that's the only thing that's kind of piqued my interest with Simpkin is he could potentially be getting that DPP status, and this is all speculation. I really should have asked about Simkin when I had the chance. I didn't, but <laughs> <laughs> didn't even think about him. But uh, yeah, that's my, um, that's my thoughts? What, what are your thoughts on that one? Two years ago, I mean, three years ago, he's shown he is a great scorer. Yeah. No
1: doubt. But since they've got all the young talent in, changed coach, like the, I mean, other than your inside information, there is a hell of a lot of mystery about yeah. the Kangaroos setup. You'd have to think that the two locks for that midfield just on like on a regular basis are LDU and Wardlaw. Correct. Like they, they are the linchpins. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know, like, I I own Simpkin in some places and he almost has gone from the, yeah, okay, didn't even need to think about locking him away to that really borderline, do I even keep this guy? Yeah, 100%. Um, It's going to be like, I I think one of the biggest watches, not from just like a, a classic point of view,
0: but from a, keeper point of view through the preseason yeah I reckon so as well we, we need to just be monitoring what's happening um, whether he's looking like increasing that midfield time or spending some more time forward because there's value either way there. and does his body hold up and like you, that too? because it well, keeps yeah. failing him yeah that too so um, yeah just keep an eye on that's just the theory if it comes to fruition it could be handy for some owners um, the other one I've got as an undervalued player is Tom Sparrow yeah now he said about his attendance average jump by three per game in uh, 2023 and jumped uh, by his average jumped by five points per game in 2023. Mm-hmm. So not huge, you know, for the for the amount of CBAs he was kind of getting, I guess. Um, Clayton all of issues though. Obviously, someone's gonna have to move into that midfield. It's been talk of Gus Brashaw, maybe being one of the guys. Trent Rivers, Trent Rivers being one of those. Yeah. Tom Sparrow seems a ready replacement for the Clayton Oliver role, though he's got the he's, he's got a senior body now. You know he's been in the system for what four or five years now as well. Question is, can he see an uptick in scoring? What do you think? Turns twenty four this year. Yeah, he's got the body for it. Yeah, if 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 we do
1: see a lot a lot of time for Clayton out of the game, and who knows where that sits at this point? Yeah, absolutely. It, like it could someone's going to get a, a like a a net benefit from it. Yeah, Rivers and Sparrow probably have to be the the two best
0: logical candidates for that. Yeah, I think so as well. So, um, well, I think we talked about Rivers last week on the Defenders podcast in yeah. that role, but yeah, Sparrow seems to be. I think he, he only the thing is like Clayton Oliver spent a lot of time. Out last year yep. As well And we didn't see A huge uptick For Sparrow In that time We probably saw More rivers going Into the midfield yeah, A bit more Stuff like that So it's hard to tell But you feel like This is the time That Sparrow Has to do something If he's going to be part of the Melbourne engine room for the future.
1: Yeah. Well, Petraka is obviously like the, the number one guy, but they are such a, a more effective football team when he spends more time up forward. Yep. Correct. So yeah, hopefully the, the you know, the, the
0: situation is that he spends more time there. Yeah. hundred percent. So let's just keep an eye on Tom Sparrow as well. Um, can't make any promises in, in terms of his scoring, but there is upside there for him if everything kind of falls into place. Uh, next one I got on my list is Xavier Derzma. Um So, he went to Essendon being promised more midfield time, inside time, apparently. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if that's taken out of context, whether that's he just asked Ken Hinckley for more inside time and Hinckley said it no. It just wasn't going to happen it. then. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe that, I don't know, maybe we were reading too much in between the lines for that one. I don't know. But he only averaged 65 last season. He doesn't get inside time at Essendon, I don't think. Not yeah. with Merritt, Parrish, Hobbs, Caldwell, like Degarmo. Now there's talk of Nick Martin moving to the halfback line as mm-hmm. well. That seems like it's making way for Dersma on that wing. I think. Um, what do you think he can average? Given though he's not changing his role or anything like that, he's moving to a new team. What it's going to be more of the same, right? Yeah, like, and,
1: and I'm not sure if that's just more more of that port fantasy stink on him. Maybe there's but, a lot of stink on him there. But but again, like you know, I I just don't see the opportunity there for him to change what he really is. And that is just allowing his legs to do the grunt work up and
0: down and maybe yeah. pushing forward for a goal and a bow and arrow every now and again. Now, there's, there's one thing that is pure science and you can't argue with it. It's the new club bump. Okay. Yeah. When players go to the new club, they generally see that uptick in the first year. Not always, actually. It probably only happens about fifty percent of the time. Players that go to a new club and get a game, like I'm just trying to think. Look at your Will Brody's last few years. He got one um, year out yeah. of it. <laughs> like it's Lockie nil Yeah, it doesn't really count. But I'm yep. trying to think about the players. But there's a few players out there that do have the uh, the uh, the new club bump. So you might get one good year out of him, just him busting a gut and busting his ass trying to impress at a new club. But you're yeah. coming from a 65. What I mean, ceiling 80 ceiling yeah you're right and you're, you're probably more likely going to get 75 and that's in your midfield yeah it might be more of a streamer type like you're gonna have to yeah, yeah. Um, but probably I always found like players like Xavier Dersma last year season just handy owning given because we moved to a 5 7 one, 5 yep get seven midfielders was tough yeah. A lot of the times to get that seventh midfielder that's actually half decent. And, you know, if Dersma had a decent game of the wing or whatever, he put up a 75 80, it was enough to kind of loophole on yeah. at that time. So, and every now yeah. and then he can push into the 70 to 90s yeah, if yeah. he can sneak a goal yeah. or two. I think he's a streamer type for now, but there's the chance that he sees the new club bump. So let's just keep an eye on that one. Um, Dow Dow, Patty Dow. Oh, Patty Dow. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get, can you hold a tune here? You like the song contest well, is waiting for you, mate. Well, I sung that uh, those folks, that four part <laughs> vocal harmonies, but I'm not going to do it on the on the podcast. now. Um, one of the best clearance per CBA players last season. I think it was over a certain threshold. I can't remember. It was a, a stat from the Draft Doctors, the man Stevie Fears, who I love and adore. Um, my question is, can he get more CBAs at St Kilda? Because he averaged 44% at Carlton last year in the games that he played. So, that's a pretty that's high number. higher really. high than I thought, yeah. yeah. Because, like, he didn't play a lot, but when he did play, he got high yep. oh, centre-bounce tenants. I think the issue, I should have double-checked this, but I think the issue is, like, time on ground is quite low. With Paddy Dow. So, I mean, I'd, I would have assumed the games that he played, Sam Walsh was out for yeah, some time Yeah, yeah, and there's quite a few, there, I think, like yeah. Kennedy and um, who was the other one? Um, Hewitt Hewitt as well, were out in those reasons. So, he was pretty serviceable in those kind of games. Yep. But, yeah, really really good clearance player um, last season. But the fantasy scoring just wasn't there and I just don't see it changing. Like, there's so many people high on him this year. And I guess, you know, it's Paddy Dow. We've written songs about him, all that sort of stuff. I'm not. I'm just not. Well, from a classic perspective, oh, of the, course. The, yeah. There's money to be
1: made and you know, that's driving a lot of but the conversation. Is there, what is that
0: like? What is he like? Five hundred K? I
1: don't know. I don't play. Yeah, uh, but, <laughs> but you know, in terms of you know, from, from a keeper league perspective, from a draft football perspective, like you're not looking for like for price gain, you're just looking for output.
0: Yeah.
1: Is he gonna give you anything Feel like so the the St. Kilda midfield, you've got Jack Steele, you've got Brad Crouch, you know, both grunt. Style yeah. players like you—they do need some legs in there.
0: Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe he gets some CBAs, but is he just—is he going to actually score? Yeah. I think with Paddy Dow, there's a few things. So a lot of people say low time on ground. I think that was what Dossie was saying. Like, and why does that change after your what is he fifth or sixth year in the system? Like, surely yeah. you build a tank right now. Yeah. What changes in that in that 12 months? Then, I guess like your your third string behind Crouch and Steele yep. as oh, well. Definitely. They're, yeah. they're well ahead. Yeah. Plus, they're going to want to put Win Hager through there. They're mm-hmm. going to want to put um, Mitch Owens through there. They're going to want to put, who was the draftee last year, um, in the forward, Philippou. Philippou. Philippou Clark, Clark, through there. Like Hunter Clark. Yeah, Clark, if, if he's fit, yeah. is like going to play some midfield time? Like, I th- I think what is more likely going to happen is Dow will play and he'll be the clearance type in and under type mm. player. It won't be enough to boost his fantasy average because he won't be accumulating. He's been doing grunt work around the stoppage, that sort of stuff. My more of a hope than anything, I think it boosts players like Jack Steele back to where they need to be, yeah, having yeah. a little bit more help in there from a guy like Paddy Dow who does some of that tougher inside stuff. So he can kind of do a bit less of it. You know what I mean? If, if you own Paddy Dow or if you manage
1: to draft him not too early and he plays... A couple of good games early sell Patty down. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. If you can get anything out of that, it's he's a
0: player to sell. Please. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, like, and I could be eating my words. You know, this could be the break he needs. But I think we've just seen enough from Paddy down. Listen, so if, if he
1: breaks out, I'm I'm
0: willing to cop that on the chin. Yeah. Like, I'm not chasing that at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm yeah, I'm happy to let that go. Also, um, a lot of questions came through when we put the questions out about Dylan Stevens. Um, he averaged fifty five last season. He'll be on that wing at North Melbourne because when it looks look, look at their lineup, they've rotated so many random wingers through there last oh, year. Mate. But then Bailey Scott was on one side just carving up. Yeah. And like they kind of seemed to move all the footy through Bailey Scott and whoever's on the other side didn't really matter. It was like Flynn, Perez and, you know, Rand, <laughs> like people that like you couldn't even name if like they were walking past in the street type thing. Oh, mate. <laughs> so with Dylan Stevens, I do think we'll see a slight improvement in his average, but not to anything that's going to be like super like pretty similar to like Xavier Dersma, I think as well. I like might be a streamer candidate but i can't see him going huge playing on that wing. He's one of these players that people drafted years ago in, as like a
1: top 6 rookie in yeah. a keeper league that they've just been praying would do something that Sydney never yeah. happened. Um i i hope i i really hope Dylan stevens becomes something yeah. for those people. Um it's going
0: to take him some time. Yeah. he hasn't played a lot of footy yeah well I well, think well, yeah, last last season I think he was probably one of his better runs but he was out of the side by halfway through the year yeah. type of thing as well so yeah it's an interesting one I think he does better like it might be kind of similar to I guess what we just talked about Paddy Dow but in an in a inverse way it might affect Bailey Scott a bit more, though. This is a really interesting one. Like, he, And when you look at Bailey Scott's stats, he went so
1: big in the second half of last year. Yeah. Like, he had uh, after round nine, he had six 100-plus scores. Yeah. Like, uh, I think top score in the 130s. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if Bailey Scott pushes kind of like that defender winger role. Yeah. Like, because- he does tend to take Some kick-ins From time he to time He used to be a defender And, right, yeah. and zeebel has gone Yeah So I, I would love
0: That to kind of push back <sighs> And maybe yeah. Bayley got Getting that DPP and Maybe Dylan Steezer moving that role well, that, is an, that is a possibility um, They do have a lot Like we have talked about Fisher and McKercher And they do have Some other players Back there Yeah They do kind of Want but, to play that role as and, well. I mean they, they need a back six Yeah true um, yeah, they, yeah. And, and who is back there They've probably got a back two At the moment Exactly So <laughs> there, there are
1: six positions To fill. <laughs> yeah
0: that might be a, That might be an option So keep an eye on that. If you see any preseason reports of uh, of um, uh, not Dylan Stevens, about Scott moving back to a halfback line, that could be pretty handy. And, and you know Dylan Stevens might be the catalyst for that to happen. Yeah, keep an eye on that. Um, Jeremy Sharp. Now, a couple of years ago, we saw he was capable of big scores. I mean, in 2021, he averaged 71, but I think he had two big 100 plus scores yeah. in that year. I think 123 in one of them. And there's like footage of him just like burning blokes at- I oh know it's Gold Coast, so you're only burning your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but this is when they were way more terrible than they are now as well. But like, you know, at training, just burning his teammates and yeah. stuff like that. So, um, I guess the issue with him was his defensive running and his kicking. Um, it sounded like, it just- sounds like the tale of- Braden Fiorini and Will see, Brody. Absolutely. This is like the third coming of that yeah, player. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, do you think anything changes at Frio? Because Frio have lost two quality wingmen yeah. in the last two years. They kind of need someone to step up on that line. They've got, what, O'Driscoll there. There's talk of Heath Chapman perhaps moving up to wing as well. Jeremy Sharp. That's probably only three vying for the positions there. So, can he be one of them and can he offer value? I think he can. Um like, you, you're going to have to watch the 22 with
1: interest um, across the preseason, but he's shown he's got the chops. All you all you need is, a, like, half a season to a season of, of good scoring, you know, and it's shown with this type of player. And, you know, and I just mentioned Will Brody, who's now in no man's land. If you can get one good season, then sometimes that's enough for a player like this. So you, and owners have been waiting long enough. Like, in the dynasty leagues, hold him... And just cross your fingers and hope. Like, yeah. And he'll be redraftable in a lot
0: of those, you know, 10 to 15 keeper leagues. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, another similar type player, I guess, Liam Henry is another one to talk about. Another winger. Um, feels like he's got that wing sewn up at St. Kilda. So, Brad like, Hill on the other one? Well, Mason Wood, like, that's yeah. the thing. But I think maybe Brad Hill might move in, he's getting old a bit, Brad Hill. So, I don't know. Well, is he? He's 30-plus, isn't he? He'd have to be. Mate, like, I'm, I'm 40 and I'm nearly 40. I don't feel old. <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling it right now. Brad Hill age, 30 years old. So, maybe not. He's still got a few good years in him left. But, I don't know. They Last year, we saw Mason Wood in there, Brad Hill, Ryan Burns playing on the wing yeah. a little bit as well. I feel like you wouldn't recruit a guy like Liam Henry if you weren't going to play him. Yeah, and you, what you... You want to play Liam Henry in his position where he actually thrives, right? And I think he put up some good scores last year, but Fremantle... Actually, no, St Kilda were a very fantasy-friendly side as well. So, he could be a really viable option, I think. Um, Well, Well, there's only so many points to go around, though. And that,
1: like, uh, I heard on the traders when they did their profile of St Kilda, they had the most 90... Like, the team with the most 90-plus scorers across last year. Yeah. Like, there's a finite amount of points. Yeah. And I know, you know, um, Ross, the boss likes to, you know, hold the fantasy, you know, ball. But- uh, Fantasy can buy the balls. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's (laughs) that's right. Uh, So, I I don't know. Like, I I don't think he's going to, you know, burst into three figures or anything like that. He could be serviceable.
0: Yeah. So so do I. Yeah. I think, like, there's a chance if everything goes well, he could average around that 80 mark, Mm. I think. And I'll take that in my midfield what I like
1: about your notes here is that you know you're talking about Wanganim Miller and the fact that you know because you're getting another
0: winger in you're kind of keeping him in that fruitful position on the halfback it's my biggest fear that they put Wanganem Miller back on the wing one day yeah you you just can't see see it with the amount of players I've got around there definitely not so that's a that's a positive in the recruitment of Liam Henry that's for sure All right, let's move into some breakout contenders um Ben Hobbs is the first one I want to talk about. You know, he would have gone close to an 80 average sc- um, last season if he didn't have a few sub-affected scores in there. So I think he's their third in-line midfielder. He was an nowadays. exciting kid so, to watch last yeah, year. 100%. I think it's Merritt, Parish, Hobbs um, for the future. So, I think breakout season massively on the cards. I'll be shocked if he doesn't average over 80 this year. There is a lot of exciting names just, like, coming up here. Yeah, 100%. I mean,
1: like, the breakout midfielders is where, like, the the best part of being a keeper league coach is. And they've already – like, owners have already had that kick out of Hobbs last year. Yeah. If he can put another – five to eight points on that yeah like that's what you know a, a, like a
0: tackle a kick yeah it's not and a handball like lot, yeah. you know it's absolutely achievable yeah I reckon Hobbs will get the opportunity to do that this yeah, year yeah definitely so it's gonna be I know, I know It's they say it's a crowded midfield it's a deep midfield but he's just got the quality in the class to kind of oh, overtake yeah, a lot of those players give him what he then, needs yeah, yeah exactly like you, you got Caldwell and he'll still probably rotate be the fourth one yeah. in there, and then you've got yeah others like Perkins and Stringer. Maybe might go in there for a stoppage. Although I think he's pretty cooked, um, but he does kind of prove useful for them from time to time for that kind of um, that reason. But I think. It's going to be Merritt, Parish, and Hobbs. If Essendon's members. doing the right thing, it's putting as much investment into Ben Hobbs as possible. 100%. Uh, Finn Callahan is the next one. Yes. Um, started defence last year, worked his way into the midfield by the end. Had that CBA attendance rate spike uh, toward, you know, over the last six games, I think it was. I think he got injured somewhere in the back end as well. Um, but I think he's going to be the man behind Green of the future. I think Cornelio's about 30 now. Yeah. Callan Ward's a million years old. Josh, probably got, probably Josh Kelly's <laughs> still pottering around. <laughs> yeah. he's, on, he's on a wing, not going back in there, is he? I don't know. Though. But, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's essentially why I think he's going to be a breakout star of the future. You got a question written in the show, Doc. What was that? Well, it's how
1: many CBAs or what percentage of CBAs did the man with the best hair in uh, AFL, <laughs> Cal Ward,
0: get last so year? So, Callum Ward ended up with 47%. Which is still a lot. But look at his last over the last, what is it, from round 16 onwards. So, after their buy, 75%, 25%, 76%, 77%. So, I can't do averages that quickly in my head, but (laughs) (laughs) over his last six games of the season, it's a ginormous amount. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at a median of about 70 there, at least. Yeah, 100%. So, like, that... The thing is, we've been saying I've been saying this for four years. Callum Ward has to go away this year. <laughs> I, know, I know you discussed this on the last podcast
1: around the context of Harry Perryman. Yeah, but Finn Callahan actually did take that step into the midfield, True. which is what Perryman owners have wanted for a long time. Yeah, Callahan's got the class. Callahan's got the the skills. Like this is where I.
0: Tom Green aside, this is where the the future of their engine room is coming from. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think this is the year you need to get on Finn Callahan. If someone's yeah. you know looked at his what was it seventy something average and gone throw him back in the pool mid only is he mid no. only? No, he's not. He's mid only this year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do not do not delist this man. Yeah, Do not do it. Um. Be smart. Keep him on your list. Back him in because I think he's going to be a gun. Um. You got Bailey Scott? In yeah. Here. We talked about Bailey Scott oh, cool, though cool. in the you know in the context. I do um, I do kind of shun players that average over eighty. Last year. He did go over 80, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. No, get out. 85.6. Get out, Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. Josh Ward. Uh, next one. So, he started his career sneakily well, I think. Like, I don't know whether I just don't pay enough attention to Hawthorne or whatever, but- He's, I think he's got a career average of around 73 in his first great. two seasons. Now, when you put that on the breakout tracker, that's ahead of the top 20 midfielders in the competition, which yeah. I think is particularly impressive because he's been playing on the wing, on the outside a lot more. Yeah, Usually, you have to kind of go on the inside to kind of get those numbers pretty well. So, I think there's a breakout looming for this guy. Reports in the preseason, and I know there's a everyone's training the house down and all that sort of stuff, and everyone's running PBs and more midfield minutes and all Always. that. But he's training with the inside brigade, and they reckon he is the uh, Will Day replacement for the first few weeks. Will Day replacement, yes, because of the foot injury that yeah. he's got at the moment. So we could see him start like a house on fire. I think so. He's one I'm jumping on for a breakout in 2024. Let's say
1: you were trending towards
0: younger players because,
1: you know, maybe you're trying to turn over your list. Yep. Is this someone that you would trade, you know, say you didn't think you could contend, but you've got a couple of good older players. If you were trending towards a young list, would you trade a Zach Merritt for
0: Josh Ward? Are you you trying to squeeze more out of that? I'd probably squeeze a bit more for Merritt just because like those uber primos don't grow on trees. Yeah. Um, Looking at the mock draft simulator right here, he is going at a DPP of about 140. So, you know, 14th round type thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how you'd make it comparable. Like, he's going behind players like Mitch Hinge and stuff like that, which is a bit crazy in my eyes. Um, Well, maybe, like,
1: yeah, maybe the the flag on Ward then is – He's being undervalued no, by I think Keeper so. League coaches I think so,
0: yeah. There's some crazy players going ahead of him. Like Elijah Hewitt's going ahead of him. Um, Sam Switkowski. I guess there's four status involved there, like people probably going on forwards a little bit earlier yeah. than they should. But, yeah, I think people are sleeping on him, him a bit. So, yeah. Maybe One, it's just so the at, lack of early ceiling, like the averages sound, yeah. but it's just that- like, We're not seeing 100 pluses from him and big scores like right. that. Yeah. So, maybe he's just solid so far, but- that just, you know, like, and you made the point before, all you have to do is get an extra tackle, an extra kick, an extra handball, that yeah, sort of stuff, and, and you jump up to that 80 kind of average, and you're super viable. So I reckon he's going to do it this year. And um, the great thing is, you know, that he's well entrenched in the 22. Like, he's getting the game oh, every yeah, week. Oh, yeah, 100. He's like, yeah, one of the, the favourite children in that side, so he's fine. Um, let's move on to, well, speaking of Golden Child, uh, Jason Horn francis What are the average last year? Oh, good question. I think it was in the 60s. I'll have a look. high 60s from memory. Um, but... I think he gets to that 80 average this year. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be too much higher, um, but I think he gets his average up a little bit. And I'm not sure if he's going to be like a real fantasy star of the future because he's a, very much an inside player. Yeah. And you got Rosie. He does all the outside things great, but also the inside stuff too. Butters is quite similar, probably a little bit more inside, but still does it as well. There might not be the points going around in Port Adelaide's game style for him to get those huge points. But I think he can be like what Ollie Wines was in the past. You know what I mean? Butters and Rosie strike you as those all over the ground midfielders. Inside, outside, elite runners, like do all that sort of stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, Jason Orn-Francis is the inside that pushes up. Yeah. But what has been interesting is watching... Ports and his own social media throughout the off season because uh,
0: he's having ice baths.
1: Well, well, Travis spoke. Generally, has taken like a player under his wing for his like Red Bull camp, like in Europe um, every year. And Horn Francis went with him this year. And apparently, the entire off season has been dedicating to running tank and actually somewhat changing his running style. Like there was a a post where he was running with like super high knees. Okay, like all the time. I'm not sure what the hell it means, but. I think as a fantasy owner, a player like Corn Francis building his tank can only be a good thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like
1: He's going to get more settled. I think over 80 is a good bet as well. Like He's yeah. going to get the opportunity to yeah. have the ball.
0: I reckon you're still seeing forward a little bit, but it'd be less resting forward and just kind of rotating there and then playing a bit more time in the midfield, I think. So that all, if that all comes to fruition, that should help him bump that average up a little bit. A little bit disappointing for the players that owned him last year. The coaches owned him last year and had that forward status. Yeah. do it this year. But I think he becomes pretty viable in your sides this season. Uh, similar is uh, George Wardlaw. <laughs> yes, showed some really good signs in the games he played oh, last season. Yes. Essentially, this guy just needs to remain injury free, and he's a star. I think it was. Well, yeah, it was unfortunate to see him go down so early. Yeah. But yeah, the the promise there is huge. He's. Going to be the number two man behind LDU, um, so he'll have access to points. Yeah, I reckon as well, because LDU is probably the man who'll get the most attention as well. Um, plus, Wardlaw's is not really the kind of not the stage anyway, the type that you'd tag anyway. So I think there are going to be there's going to be a bit of access to points there, but um, it's just kind of interesting to think about the way North midfield is going to be made up this year, and you know to see a guy like George Wardle push his way up to that kind of front end of the mm. queue. Um, but from all reports. Everyone's raving about him. Oh, in the North, socials like, are gone yeah. wild for Wardlaw. Yeah. yeah, so everyone's kind of getting around him. Second year breakout is the uh, is the key here. Yeah, just gotta stay fit, George. Yep. I um, actually did some numbers um, on breakouts for uh, the Coach's Panel podcast I'm doing tonight. Um, <laughs> and I kind of looked into what is the year that a player is most likely to average over 80. Because Dawson and I and Kays have always had this bit of an argument that second year, Doss reckons second year is the actual breakout year yeah, because that's where you see the biggest rise in points. But it's usually going from like 30 average to, to like 65, 65 yeah. that sort of yeah. stuff. Whereas like Kays is adamant that the third year, when they went eighty plus years, that's the breakout year type thing.
1: I think, the, yeah, I would I would say as a coach, a breakout year is when they
0: become like an actual important fieldable player. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think as well. But anyway. Um, you're more likely to break out to average over 80 in your third than your second year is uh, is the conclusion I came to
1: but are we seeing more examples of these younger
0: players we're actually more,
1: giving us more in their second year we're seeing year? more
0: first year breakouts really because yeah. we've had Dacos oh, and Sheezal and all that sort of stuff yeah. which is like buck the trend heaps um, I think year, it's going to ruin first year players for coaches for yeah, years to come everyone's going to be expecting like well, even McKerchie might do it again though so we'll have to wait and see what happens there but um, yeah I don't know there are quite a few second year players that do break out that was another one of my one of my findings like it was the second most likely over the first obviously but players who break out in the second you tend to regress in the third as well is another trend I saw as well whereas the third year kind of continue on a bit better sell high after a second year break <laughs> and Wanging Miller get rid of him oh, <laughs> oh, I'll don't, him. don't I'll him. do that <laughs> anyway uh, Angus Sheldrick um, is the next player I think it's just going to be interesting to see where he slots in now this guy was an elite underage scorer so I drafted him in the first year on a rookie ended up putting him back because he didn't get a game I don't think his first season where he played one game for a really low score I think it was ended up putting him back because I couldn't keep him and then last year went on a bit of a tear i think you've got the numbers in here yeah round thirteen to 16 79 82 111 93
1: and that stood out for classic coaches he was the savior was of our classics during the buys, <laughs> yeah, of course but
0: uh <laughs> so goodbye it was like perfect it was short-lived but man like he, he showed his chops yeah definitely and that, and that kind of coincided with mills getting injured i think for a bit last yeah. year as well so he got that inside run on the inside there mills is in- injured again Mm. Um, although I've heard reports that he'll be back for round one. I've heard reports oh, that it'll be mid-season. That surely doesn't because, happen. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so where does someone like Sheldrick fit in? Now they've brought in um, Taylor Adams, yep. who's apparently there to play midfield. James Jordan, uh, I thought he'd be more on the outside, but I had a A, lot of, a lot of the preseason hype yeah. has been
1: around Jordan doing
0: great things and in their midfield. some mates. of their match sim stuff, he's looked pretty impressive in there as well. So he could be in there. I'm probably of the opinion don't go too hard at Sheldrick, at least not with aspirations for him to score well this season. Yeah, I don't think that's. I think a lot of people are going Sheldrick breakout year. Or, uh, I just don't see the opportunity as much as we kind of saw last year because everything kind of fell into into place for him to score that well yeah. through that period, and that's without like Matt Roberts, who we'll talk about next because there's another one that they really rate high and seemed to get the run before he did earlier on in the season as well. And then he got injured. So I think there's a few players in front of him. So I think people just maybe call your jets a little bit on Angus Sheldrick because I don't think he's their first choice player to go in there. It, it can't
1: be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just logically looking at the the Sydney mix, I mean, Chad Warner owners would know that, yeah. you know, things aren't always rosy there. Yeah. James Rowbottom owners yeah. know that, like, you know, your player just isn't always going to get those access to points. Yeah. you got Braden Campbell that's, like, you know, maybe shaping up to could he be doing something yeah. this year? Yeah. You know, so where is he going to fit into that? I I
0: just don't see it on a regular basis nah, at all. neither. Like, he's definitely got the chops to do it. But it's, yeah, like, I think Sheldrick's the kind of, like, he's a small, nuggety dude. He can only play that inside role. And yeah. I think with, like, players like Warner, you can kind of play them on the wing or half forward and that sort of stuff as yeah. well. Like, you got something else you can do with them. But I think if they don't need to play Sheldrick, they don't play him. Like that's, He's going to need a lot of things to fall his way. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, with Mills, uh, who, who knows
1: where his uh, endurance is at once he's back, Taylor Adams, whose body has failed him so many
0: times over the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Like, things, the cards could fall, but the cards have to fall. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's my thoughts on uh, Angus Sheldrick. And kind of similar to Matt Roberts, who's another player I've got in the dock here because I've just rated him a lot since his uh, started his career. Yeah. Looked to have the opportunity last year, but injury kind of ruined his season. So, again, that midfield makeup's is going to determine where a lot of these so guys go. So far down go. the queue. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on to Fremantle. Matthew Johnson uh, had some good scores last year. It's unclear who Frio's third mid, I think, is going to be behind Brayshaw and Sarong. Yep. Looked to be O'Meara last year, but he looked a bit cooked. Middle of the year, they used Johnson a bit more. He was a pretty good you know, stoppage clearance type player for him. They've been talking about Hayden Young for the last Hayden Young's months. other guy is going to go in. But you know who else they've talked about recently? Nat five <laughs> <laughs> again like would his body hold up to that exactly but I mean I'm sure he wants to play yeah. there but can he do that they reckon if Fife is fit he's playing in the midfield this year so, that's a gigantic if yeah I know if <laughs> that's yes exactly I wouldn't be you know putting my house on that or anything like that if they have him playing more than five games to be honest but you know another thing there so Matthew Johnson's another guy very similar to Sheldrick like circumstances led to him scoring pretty well yep. in patches last year but it's so hard to pick what their midfield is going to look at another one that you need to monitor over the preseason Neil Erasmus is another one in that mix as well like he 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 got at least
1: 100 last year like you know he's shown that he can do it and owners have been just kind of
0: keeping the finger on the pulse of Neil Erasmus for so long yeah they, they just need him to get a regular spot in the 22. So, he could be one of those wingers that, that replaces, you know, Henry and Akers from season before. And, yeah, oh, maybe. I drew score another one, but I 14 think- 14 games kind of over two seasons, though. Like, if, yeah, when you at. drafted Neil Erasmus two years ago, you were hoping for a hell of a lot more yeah. than that. And I still, like, like you just said, like, I still see him hyped at that level because there was so much hype in his first season yeah. as well. Like, and it's probably not- What's going to happen for the time being, anyway? Well, but if you Neil Erasmus
1: and get stuck behind David Mundy, who at that time was like over mid 30s, and then he's stuck behind
0: Jaeger, like, you yeah. know, who's next? And now five. Yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> who's the oldest man on the team that he could stand behind? Uh, Jai Clark's the last one Ooh, on my yep. breakouts list. Uh, we will talk about Ruben Jinbee because I'm not 100% sure if this is going to be his year or we need another year from Jinbee. But um, Jai Clark. I get serious Joel Selwood vibes from this guy. I saw the TikTok um, about. it. Oh, you did too. Good. <laughs> um, I just think he would have played a lot more last season if he wasn't injured. Yeah. And I think, like Geelong have a very like inside contested midfield. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and I like you have to replace someone. So whether it's Danger or whether it's if they choose to use Cam Guthrie in there, they moved Max Holmes back to the wing over the last four weeks of the yeah. season after using him heavily inside. So like, but I don't, they're kind of a little bit different type of players, but I just feel like he's a top 10 pick Geelong need to develop kids. Like no if, doubt. if I was Chris Scott, if I got the right Scott, I'll yeah. do. if I was Chris Scott, like I would be playing Jai Clark, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Like that's the issue. Do they just go with Guthrie? Do they go with Dangerfield. They're talking about putting Tom Stewart in there now. Like, we, what's we the agree, like, Do we agree that they're not making the eight this year? I think so, yeah. They're, like, they're just
1: old. Or even if they do, they're not contending for the premiership. Like, you'd be shocked if they were in the mix. Now that
0: you've said it, they're definitely going to make it. Yeah. No, they're, they're, definitely gonna, they're probably going to win it now. Someone,
1: t- t- someone timestamp this. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, so it, it is time for them to look at that next, you know, the next group of kids that can drag them back to the top. And they're so good at replenishing. Yeah. Jai Clark has
0: got to be one of their answers. Yeah, I think so. Like, he's definitely part of their future plan. So, if he's not a breakout contender for this year, because, again, what, he played one or two games last year. It wasn't a lot. You could be looking at that 65-type year. So, he's probably more of a stash option, really. But I think he's one that you probably need to start jumping on because when he gets into his third season, that's when people are going to be really hyping the kid up. So, yeah, start thinking about him now. Same with um, Ruben Jinbee. Do you think breakout or stash? What do you think? I'd be keeping them. Definitely um, keeping them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do I think breakout? No. It's more the West Coast factor for me. I don't see how any of those younger mids. I just feel like they just get beaten up. Oh, they're really going to get bad. decimated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
1: you know, in, in terms of what west coast season was last year he was one of the two bright lights yeah, 100%. you know like yeah. he, he is kind of like that that saving person yeah. that they can actually put some hope in yeah. so you know west coast would be like would be well set to actually put a lot of investment around ruben jimby so yeah. he'll get the opportunity for sure will it be a breakout type um,
0: who knows yeah all right we'll get into some more stash options in a second i was just having a look at the over 30s in the midfield that didn't Average over 80 last season. So guys that are, might be back in pools and stuff like that. Tom Cleary. See, <laughs> so you've added that to the show. Doc. <laughs> uh, listed as a defender though, isn't he? He is. Yeah, so he doesn't he's about to midfield. <laughs> yeah, true. We'll talk about him next year. Um, <laughs> One, so he averages at 100 this year. Um, <laughs> Tom Cleary didn't get, get mentioned last week. I had to do my due diligence. He's going to be the Mason Wood of uh, 2024. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> anyway, um, three names I've written down and I don't love any of them. Um, Brandon Ellis, mid only. Halfback role under Damian Hardwick I've got here. Question mark. He's already had the career renaissance, <laughs> I think. Like, yeah. I, I'm, there's not many people that do the renaissance twice. Yeah. And this week, I think Hardwick's talked up Connor Butterick for his halfback distributor. Yeah. As well. So we did mention him on the pod last week, which is good. Good foresight, Bus. But um <laughs> yeah, that, so this week that's come out and uh yeah, so that's probably killed that one. Late draft. Any value in danger field if he's fully fit. Can he average like an eighty and be your M seven and win you a league because he's been th- he's that average? He's a great stream option yeah. against
1: the right the right opponent. Yeah. Um yeah, like maybe M6, M7. Premiership hero, steel side bottom. Any interest in Mate, if he can kick the ball from beyond 50 <laughs> yeah. at that time of the game, then maybe steel
0: side Cutch. bottom could still run around. They're like the only three I'd consider and it would be late. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not big on any of those if, guys. Yeah, if, if you are going for the win this year... Yeah, fill
1: out your team with those guys. Uh, yeah, and you, you just need a couple of yeah. stash options to... Or to, trade
0: your third round, fourth round pick for those yeah, kind of for, guys. For, yeah. you know, for younger teams that are looking yeah. to, to get rid of... You know, you'll of be able to get
1: these guys cheaply. Mm.
0: All right, let's get into some stash options. Um, Jake Saligo is the uh, first one I've got on the list. Now he needs to play more inside, I think, to mm-hmm. get um, yeah to basically get this fantasy scoring up. But can he get that? Like Crouch came back into the side in the last year. They signed him for two years, so that tells me they're kind of keen to play him. Yeah, um, they're kind of big three. They got Dawson, they got Laird, and now Crouch again. Um, plus they like to. I reckon they'll roll Rochelli through there a bit and, and Pedler as well. Saligo did get his fair number of CBAs I can't remember the exact number but I did know he did get a smattering throughout the year what are your thoughts on Saligo inside or outside player and can he be a viable fantasy scorer in the future such an interesting one just from a media perspective in South
1: Australia last year like that you know People filate the crows in the media here, <laughs> they and do. they definitely do. <laughs> um, I blew like that one, um, but you know, for the first half of last season, he 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 became this 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 great white hope for for the crows because he he really showed that he yeah. could have that impact. Yeah. But I mean, as a young player, he faded as the season went on. And you're right, Matt Crouch just had this like late-season surge which got him that contract. And why would you give Matt Crouch two more years if you weren't yeah. going to play him? Like,
0: if you weren't, you'd, you'd be trading him now while he had that little bit of value at the end of last season. And so now
1: the Crows seem set to to make
0: this, this jump that people are expecting this year. So well, They've, they've, they've got to make the finals with the fixture that they've been given on the back of... Uh, the hit the post debacle. So yeah, right. So <laughs> like, so does going to look after him.
1: So so how do they make that balance for Jake? And and yeah. maybe he does push a little bit more outside, which you know, I'm I'm not sure what that does to his fantasy numbers, but. I'd be surprised if he didn't continue to get opportunities because he's like Schoenberg um, did his Achilles, yep. so he's he's not in the mix there. Saw Harry
0: having a real good time at a music festival. Oh, there <laughs> you go. Um,
1: you know Billy Dowling, who um, is a little bit of a possession whore. Um, you know he hasn't really got much opportunity yet, so
0: Saligo's still got his You know one foot in the game here. Yeah, I, I think so. Like it's a it's a wait and see. That's why I've got him as a stash because it might not be mm. initially, but I still think he's got the goods. To to be a good fantasy scorer when he's given the right opportunity. So we'll just go with that. The days of Matt Crouch will be over oh, at some point. Ben yeah. Keyes doesn't have a lot of time and yeah. Like, he'll he find his space. Like, supposedly, Crouch has worked on his game, but as soon as you see a few of those defensive efforts fall off or a few just, like, useless handballs or l- lack of metres gain actually happening, you could Coach see Crouch. fans will turn, and turn on yeah. him quickly. Yeah, I the, yeah, I think the coaches probably will too. But anyway, um Josh Fay. Oh, Talked about so much last year. The VFL GOAT, really. Um, he would have been wavered so often last <laughs> yeah. year. Especially like he would go 140 in the in the twos and they'd bring him in. Surely he's getting a debut this week and then didn't get it. But yeah. managed a few games here and there. Um, just couldn't replicate the scoring at AFL level. I think he might just be another... Like I don't think he's going to establish himself as a fantasy scorer or anything this season. But I think he's just one of those players you can't ignore. I think the stashing numbers. is right yeah. if you've got a deep
1: bench. Yeah. In, in like In those redraft leagues where you don't have a lot of wiggle space... Don't don't
0: pick up Josh Faye. Yeah, exactly. Um, Henry Husway is the next one I got on the list. Um, I don't know a lot about it. Tell me about Henry Hustway. To be honest, I don't know either, but a lot of the um, the Hawthorne supporters seem to be really um, high on him. So, silky smooth operator. Um, Hawthorne fans love him, as I mentioned. Got a really good left boot, um, which has always been a Hawthorne favourite okay. as well. Um, I can just see him getting more game time this year, probably on an outside, maybe a halfback role um, or a wing. The only thing is, like, the halfback is so crowded at Hawthorne. Like, one of the most crowded lines when and you break Carl it down. One's down there now. Exactly. I and mean, then you break in, like, you know, Chankath Jar, does he get back in there? Yeah. Like, Impey, does he play there? Does mm. Weddle play there? It's yeah. Sicily. Like, there's so many players that can play along there. I can see why they got rid of Bramble now. But, um, yeah, like, so if you can get one of those roles, like, the wing's probably not going to be the nicest for him, especially as a, you know, essentially a first year player where he didn't play a lot of games last year. Um, I don't think he's going to be good now, but he's just one that Hawthorne supporters rate, so he might be a stash option for oh, the future. Well, there, there. you go. Um, Ollie Hollins. Um, I can only ever see him being an outside type, and but I do think he'll be like an eighty average outside type eventually. Just got to give him a little bit more time. Well, that's actually that's more going on his junior numbers. What I saw, what I saw at AFL level, he might not be that type. I don't know. Zach like, Williams it's, coming back in, yeah. George Hewitt being fitter. Like, yeah, he's getting pushed back in the line. Yeah, but I think long term he's just one you got to keep your eye on because he was a pretty handy underage scorer as well. Um, I think he just needs more development before we can get an accurate kind of assessment of him really. Um, Mitch Never, another one. So, a lot more of a. Played on the wing a lot well, when he got games last year, played on the wing a bit. But he was an underage inside player as a junior like, a, and had a pretty good balance between inside and outside game. Is as he well, a nuggety so. type, Mitch Never? Uh, I don't know. I think he's a pretty. I think he's a bit of a bit of an albino type, isn't he? A Bit white, but oh, um, no, it's, it's one ninety three centimeters. Yeah, okay. like yeah. he's, he's not not tiny. Yeah, so I know I know that. Um, yeah, I don't know why I went from small to nuggety to albino, <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, I think that he's just got a bit of class. And again, this is me more me following. I follow juniors very closely, and for he the had good junior yeah, numbers, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, and then I don't see a lot of them at VFL level type thing once they get there. But I think he's just someone worth putting in your black book and waiting for the future.
1: Yeah. That's all. I mean, famously, a lot of old players, like
0: the opportunities will come up. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jasper Fletcher, I think he's just, has the potential to move inside eventually. Um, Showed some great stuff last year. 100%, but it's just going to take time to be, an inside player at Brisbane with the players that they've got now. So, they've got a Brownlee medalist in there. They've got Hume Cluckish. They've got Josh Dunkley. There's just no right oh, There's so many players,
1: though, yeah. like Jared Berry and Zach Bailey, just yeah. two of them, like these players that you keep expecting to break out that have been in the system for yeah. so long, and they're just never
0: doing it from a fantasy Brisbane's just not the place for it at the moment. Yeah. So, you're going to have to wait for them to kind of get out of their premiership window. So, yeah, that's yeah. statistical. Which could be after this year. Yeah, um, that, but, that accumulation is just not there for yeah. any of those juniors. But just. As a player, I like for the future, Jackson Bins was another VFL goat last year. Averaged 116 in the VFL last year. Yeah, just couldn't. That's massive. Yeah, huge for a first-year player. Just couldn't crack the uh, senior side. And the wings look pretty balanced at Carlton, so you might need to find another place to play or whatever. But. Before I'm getting excited, I just want to see him crack the team first. Fair. So, he's in the stash option. But I think he might be the long-term replacement for Akers, you know, three, four years' time. In, in the right trade, you could sell him well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of Look hype in that, guys. And the last guy I've got there is... Um, Ed Allen, he was a really good underage scorer as well. Played on the wing at VFL. I think as a junior, he was a halfback, role, halfback type player, and that's why his fantasy numbers were quite good. And he's a mid-only now in this year, because he was a defender mid last year, I think. Um, so mid-only now, which makes him even less valuable. But, you know, still side bottoms ageing. Will Hoskin-Elliot out of the side, uh, or could be out of the side. Um, might have a role there for him in the future. I do as well. worry about players like this at Collingwood, though. Like, they've had a history
1: of taking good juniors and you know these players wait in the wings for years never get a look in and eventually just get delisted yeah there have been a few actually Arlo Drake was one, one.
0: Um, there was another one as well that was a good underage score but I can't remember Reef McInnes I think was supposed to be pretty decent as well I think he's still on the list but but yeah, yeah. Ed Allen just like, has that whiff about him to me yeah you're right he does too um, that's all the stash options I've got unless you can think of any others uh, not off the top of my head I think I've covered Tom I'm Cleary's just off. rattling around my brain <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the gold members read now thank all the legends uh, that do support this podcast and keep it going from year to year. A lot of uh, familiar names on this list that I seem to read out at the same time every year because they're always the first ones to sign up. But thanks to Nick Pedden, Paul Clayton, Johnny Hartley, Zach Acott Parker Reeve. Uh, adrian dark ajs hawker dale watson and paul vincent are the legends this week that keep this podcast afloat if you do want to support the podcast there is a link in the description sign up and you'll get access to all of our bonus content and resources as well so thank you to those people and we'll get on to the rest of the community segment which is the listener questions and we've got a few this week a lot of the questions that came through were actually we'd we're already going to talk about in the show. So, sorry if you didn't get yours um, read out because we've more than likely already discussed uh, the answer to it. But Pels wants to know, uh, Richmond under Uze, will there be a change in the guard? Hearing that Thompson Dow could become a pivotal figure. Thoughts on nabbing Thompson Dow? Thompson Dow pivotal. Oh, man. I've heard a few things as well. I've heard that they might... well. This, was thing, this is more from Richmond's fans, and this is probably before Uze was announced that he's like the future of their midfield, but yeah. you don't know what a new coach is going to do and all that sort of stuff. Taranto, Hopper, Prestia. Yeah. Like, that's
1: their top three mids, right?
0: And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more of Graham as well this year as well. Well, Jack like, Graham's
1: been the floater for years. Yeah. Like, it, like Jack Graham on his right day can be yeah. incredible.
0: Like, his, his tackle numbers can be huge yeah. and he can blow out a huge 130. I, but see, I just want to see him under a different coach as well because I've got my eyes on him as well. So, that's another one. Um, but, like... There's every chance. Like, Thompson Dow was getting a bit of opportunity. Again, it's just one of those players that I feel like if we were going to see something, we would have seen it by now. And I'm not seeing a lot. He Yeah, he just hasn't had one of those games that's make you sit down and go, oh, Thompson Dow. Yeah, exactly. So, Very similar to Patty, really. <laughs> <laughs> just the Dow name. Get away from it. Exactly. Um, when you move past the top four, who are the first-year player uh, players in the mids that they should be looked at early and how early we keep 13 so oh this is this is your neck of the this woods my, mate. this is my wheelhouse so i'll just get the draftee numbers up so here who, who are those top four so, so is Mekirchus, Mekirchus, is the big sanders. one. yeah reed sanders and i think top four isn't obvious for me so i'm assuming he meant dursmer because Pedersma's that kind of mid forward, and like exactly. I think it's he's going to be
1: the slower burn of them. Yeah, I think exactly. he, like I think the word was he kicked three and a quarter
0: at the Kangaroos match him this week. Yeah, okay, but yeah, he's not doing that in the yeah, seniors. Hundred um, percent. So that was I think was the 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 four he was referring to. But I agree. Like I think as a half forward, you are not going to score that well. Like he yeah, hundred and what is he average? Hundred and. 101, sorry, as a junior, which is still like not even in the top five of the underage scorers. You know? And then if he comes in and plays as a half forward as opposed to being that wing um, player that he was in the juniors, he might not go as well. The one I really like is K. McAuliffe. I've talked about him a bit in the offseason, just that tough inside midfielder that kind of seems to be like Richmond need a long-term replacement for one of those. So i do not sure if this one. Like? 110 average as a junior in the state league. And I think... They were pretty similar. 88.5 at the under-80 championships as well. So tough inside kind of player there. Um, George Stevens was picked up late. I do rate him just because I think Geelong will need a, a changing of the guard from there as a midfielder. I think he might be a defender, but I think he played midfield as well. But um, From there, though, like this draft, like I don't love it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just don't... I think it's getting way too... Like, people are putting way too much emphasis on this year's draft. Clay Hall is another one um, that just showed good signs. And playing for West Coast, he might get a bit of a run So from So, well. from a redraft Keeper League
1: perspective, like, there's maybe, like, two, three standouts and then you yeah. know, you're looking
0: just to redraft yeah. established players. I think, like, there's some long-term players like Rucks. Like, Ethan Reed, I think, will be a gun Ruckman of the future. But yeah. you're going to be waiting four or five and years. And like,
1: Moils up there as well. Like, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's a real... I, I know Reed has... Such great big plaudits about him, but yeah. like you're waiting a long time on that.
0: Yeah, Harry DiMatia comes with um high wraps as well, so he's another one you might want to look at. But apart from that, like, yeah, it's not the best draft, I don't think, for fantasy players anyway. Okay. There might be some good like actual footballers in there. Oh, and you're always and, gonna have a bolter or two for sure, yeah, exactly. But I think for fantasy players, it's just I don't know, I'm not as high on it this year after McKercha really, as I have been on previous years, yeah. So, um. Time Miller wants to know uh, thoughts for Jared Berry, Hugh Greenwood, and Neil Erasmus. That's says hi, Greenwood, by the way. H i g
1: h (laughs) Greenwood. Greenwood.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, Jared Jared Berry.
1: I I can't have.
0: I I just. I'm done. Too many chances. He's he's cooked it. I'm out. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. um, Hugh Greenwood. Nah. Again. Yeah. It's just not getting the opportunity anymore, right? Yeah. And we've spoke about Neil Erasmus. It's, and that's like a stash, wait for the future type thing.
1: Erasmus of the three, because yeah. I, the, the flame still burns a little bit for Neil. And yeah. he, he's only in his third year. But the the other two have been around a long time. The best of Hugh Greenwood's behind him. Jarrod Berry's best is still an, in people's imagination.
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, Jimby wants to know about Geelong's midfield mix. We did touch on that a little bit before. What do you see them doing this year? Do you see them having that one last crack and playing all the oldies and going pretty well? Or do you see them overhauling, developing? What's your gut feel on Geelong? All right. So, I I just did a little bit on this. Fox footy. And,
1: I mean, whether you want to put any investment in this at all, they named their best 23 for Geelong this year. So... In the centre line, they've got Holmes on the wing, Blitzavs on the other wing, Cam Guthrie is the centre. Yeah. Uh, following Reese Stanley in the rug, no. Mitch Duncan, also no. Patrick Dangerfield, sometimes. Yeah. Like, there, there is a lot of opportunity there. And, and again, you've already mentioned Tom
0: Stewart pushing in. Yeah. Um oh man like does Tanner Brun get a run we didn't discuss him actually yeah he's probably another one that we probably need to think about Grian sometimes pushing yeah. into the middle as well just what's your thoughts on Brun do you reckon he's got the makings like he just showed in signs last year I just feel like in under any other system he'd be a lot better I think Geelong just care too much about winning when they probably shouldn't did he ever <laughs> like what was his
1: ceiling when he was playing for GWS
0: it wasn't huge I don't think um, but it, again it was an opportunity thing right yeah 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 I don't, I don't know yeah, there's so many Geelong players I've just – it's just wait and see. Possibility. But, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: but you know, we, we talked about Jai Clark should get a look in, but he's not even on Fox Footy's list yeah. even as a sub. Yeah. I I think that's a mistake. Like, surely Jai Clark's the one to play. And Mitch Nevitt would be the other one that we've already sounded out that yeah. you'd hope would
0: be getting an opportunity this year. My gut feels is Geelong have another crack. Like, they will play all their old farts and give up on development for yeah. another year. But how far back does that put them if that fails? Yeah, I know. But it's too long. Maybe but yeah, in. it's a little, what, The last year of Hawkins. Yeah, I don't think they even like they. They believe in their system so much, though, that they feel like they can just slot their players in when they need to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like they'll roll with that, but I think it might slap them in the face, um, like uh, over the next few years, if they don't get some games into some of these kids. The up, the up and coming midfielders: Clark, Broon, Nevert. Yeah. They're, they're the ones that maybe one of those three will make the jump this year. Yeah. Which one it is, I don't know. Yeah, no, neither. I'm tipping Clark as the guy who gets the, the run. But yeah, I'm basing it on nothing. Uh, Buurns, 91, good username. Uh, been slapped with positional changes and now have about 15 mids. Uh, <laughs> I hate that for you, mate. <laughs> rank the following for keeper. Danger, Gaff, Sheldrick, Chesser, Faye, Henry. Probably going to keep three of them. So if I'm going to pick three out of these guys, I am probably going to keep. If I, I don't know. If I'm thinking about my team, yeah, I'd be keeping Sheldrick, Henry, and probably Fay. Yeah.
1: Out of those, danger and Gaff instant crossover. Even if even if you're contending this yeah. year,
0: I think Gaff could potentially get back to half decent, like maybe eighty. If like just and that, given that Andrew gaff like is 80 enough I don't know it's yeah like it's enough to make my M6 or seven here's the thing like here's how I always think about it like uh, and I don't well, my, my main question
1: is if I drop a player are they going first round
0: yeah and nah. I don't
1: think any of those six are no nah, definitely not and a lot of them will last multiple rounds Patrick yeah. Dangerfield is not going first round uh Maybe Sheldrick is the only one because he had that burst in the yeah, middle of the year. That's it. So he'd be the one I'd lock in first. And
0: yeah, Liam th- Henry on I that I think same Henry will probably be the most consistent scorer yep. out of those that you get, but it won't be huge. And then it's roll the dice. And, and then, then Josh Faye's got the junior uh, on uh, the the VFL, VFL numbers. numbers. Yeah. And then, like, you know, and it also depends, yeah, whether you are contest- contending or you're, you know, um, Building for the future as well, like, but that's what I would do with my if it was my team and I had those players. But the other thing you could look at is if yeah, depending on where your list is at, maybe looking to
1: to. Group a couple of them up and see if you can get one better player in and,
0: and you That's know, improve your well. keepers that way. Sheldrick might have some value to some people there. Um, yeah. And if you could throw in a Henry too, you might be able to get one half-decent one Do there. Do you have
1: a West Coast numpty in your league? Uh, Maybe Andrew
0: Gaff. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, Jackson James. Am I wasting my time waiting for Will Phillips in a dynasty league? Do I cut my losses and drop him? Dynasties go deep. Yeah. If you've got the spots to keep him, I would. Like if you've got – like for mine where we – Play thirty six and I think it's actually forty, closer to forty, and we only have to make three list changes. Yeah, and usually yeah, I've got retirement. I've enough retirement to make for that. In my team, that's yeah. for sure. So I wouldn't be, but I, I, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he never makes it as well. If, so, yeah, if I was yeah. keeping twenty, Will Phillips would be
1: nowhere near it. In a yeah. dynasty, like it, I I would feel sick if I cut him
0: now, and he did something. Yeah, he's got another question here. Last year, I finally gave up on Zach Fisher and <laughs> Patty Dow. Oh, okay. Should I be picking them up in our upcoming draft with my tail between my legs? Um, it all depends on how many keep and all that sort of stuff. And if if it's a dynasty and they're still there, I, yeah, i will do it. If you're if you're in the contention, last year my first round draft pick was Ed Richards in Dynasty League. I love because that. Like, That's great. Yeah, I just don't go. I just don't like, especially because I'm contending. Yeah. Like I just don't. Well, I've, yeah, been contending for the last three years. I don't worry about the youngsters, I just go. There's always a player like that on this. I think another one that was there was Will Setterfield, like on in our draft as well. Oh, early in the year, you would have liked. Yeah, him. exactly. <laughs> like there's like a few there that are always around the mark. So, and these, I think these kind of these guys could be the guys that top up your team and could make it. So. Well, both. Yeah, I mean,
1: both Fisher and Dow are gonna get drafted just on the preseason conversation that they're yeah. having. Like you know, a lot of people are talking about them. I, you don't need to feel bad redrafting them and
0: just have to compare them to who else is available no. at that time quite often I take someone back that I, dro- I dropped the wet year before because you just can't fit them in but if they're good enough at the right time the yeah. value's there then you take Bounce them best on the board take yeah, them it's fine um, Nick Yates wants to know can you have too many players from North already have Sheasel and Wardlaw from last year's draft looking at McKercher but could take Sanders with the same pick uh, too risky to take have that many players under Clarko's system of footy. I don't think so. No. I think three, three. There's only three. Jeez, I reckon I, I used I used to have more poor players in my team back in the day. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I had, at one point I had Kane Corns, Westoff, Boke. I think Paddy Ryder in there as well, or someone. Yeah, at the time. So and that was fine. Like I think I won a flag with those on my team. Yeah, so, yeah, it's fine.
1: I I think I I mean as a as a rule I don't like overloading with one team, but like if you're looking at well,
0: Chiesel had a- oh, Sorry, Ollie Wines was the one, actually, I had, but yeah.
1: Anyway, Chiesel, you can't complain about. Wardlaw looks
0: great, and McKercher is the best-looking mid in the draft. So, no, you can't have too many. It's Yeah, fine. no, that's fine. Take them all. Um, Xavier Munro wants to know, have to decide between keeping Cornelio, LDU, and Newcomb. Do you? Why? Yeah, that's crazy. You keep one keeper or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You keep it half a dozen at most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seems together. insane. All right, who are you picking, then, between the three? Oh, God.
1: God. Um, Cogs is a bit older. So he'd like, despite his scoring output, he'd probably be the first one I cut off that list. Newcomb, can he go much better than he's already going? Oh, I would, yeah, this is a situation where I'd I'd at least look to trade rather than cut. Definitely. But, um, I'm taking LDU every day of the week there. Yeah, LDU would be have to be the
0: one, right? He looks like the most... I think he's M1 for North. I think he's the most complete midfielder out of those guys. How good are the rest of his keepers? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's... Are you a, winning every year, Xavier? I think it's very shallow, his league, maybe, like, in terms of keepers. But I think LDU's shown the ceiling last year, um, the right age for it. Newcomb I like as well, but I think we've seen him kind of max out of his scoring. Maybe a few more points. Oh, here he's and then. been great, but, but like, yeah. yeah, he's like, I don't feel like he's going to add another he's fifteen on top of, of that. He's that ball ball player type instead of like LDU. He can play inside but then also get a few touch on the outside more tackles that sort of stuff as well I think and we've seen the ceiling last year in some of his bigger games too
1: I mean it could go wrong because LDU like it, it was it's in and, injury and out of the side last, last year just with injuries yeah, yeah. so like you know if you put your chips on him prepare to be a little bit disappointed at times yeah. but my man Xavier you've,
0: you've got to trade yeah don't cut, yeah, don't, don't any of those guys. Anyways, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you, Damon, for coming on. And Not enough eye contact. That's my feedback. Yeah, we got the mic stands in the way. Yeah. actually. it makes it a bit <laughs> hard. So maybe we have to kind of reposition the table or something so we can stare at each other a bit more. DT Shiva on, on Facebook uh, at dt
1: shiva underscore on Twitter. Saturday fair, Saturday Feb three. I think that's when we're opening up registrations for this year. So, I want to see your name in the mix. Yeah.
0: You'll have to remind me because I will forget. Don't worry. It'll be everywhere, mate. You won't (laughs) miss it. Good, good. Um, Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening once again. Get around us on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram tiktok will make some eye contact there (laughs) uh youtube i think there's everything it's there you'll find it um and also if you want to support the podcast please sign up as a member there's a link in the description below that's it from me i think we've covered everything on this episode so we'll thank you and we'll see you next week beautiful
1: work f